Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Free kick. Williams will take the right side at the right side free kick. It's about halfway inside the, the Everton halves. Everyone's gone forward. Everton have got everyone back. It's floated into the mix. Ball bounces down. Welcome, 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 dear listeners. Welcome to the glamour of the international jet set media. Here I am with Mr. Aaron Paul of BBC Radio 5. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Afternoon. Welcome to the press box here at the Den. Yeah, the press box. How about that? It's, um, it's all glamour and, um, well, orange squash and water, stuff like that kind. You get the picture up here. Welcome to the Den, dear listeners, for um, what was described to me earlier on as a slightly funereal atmosphere in, in the Den, but it's not funereal anymore now as the team's approach the, the entrance to the, uh, the ground. As you can hear, the music is pounding out. The ground is filling up. Sellout day, apparently, today. Still a few empty seats as the teams line up to come out onto the pitch. Your Millwall team news, dear listeners, appears to be um, under Adam Barrett today, obviously caretaker manager. Appears to be a, a, um, a, a continuation of the, of the midfield diamond that we saw on, in that second half up there at Luton on Wednesday night. So in goals today, Bartosz Bielkowski across the back line, Murray Wallace, uh, Hutchinson Cooper, Marlon midfield will be a five-man midfield. I'm guessing I am no um, football strategist, but Ryan Leonard at the base of the diamond perhaps. Malumbi Thompson on the wings, Ferguson, Jed Wallace, and just a sole striker of uh, Bradshaw, Bradshaw up front. Um, Neil Harris obviously has departed the day. The Ra and Moa, Viva Ra, Neil Harris is gone. New Era starts now. There's um, much comment about it. I'm not going to continue that comment on this show today. I think we've said as much as we can say about club legend Neil Harris. 
But today the stage is set for the annual pantomime that is Millwall at home to Leeds. Uh, if we can't get it up for this game, dear listeners, when can we get it up? That's my thoughts as the teams get ready to come on to the pitch. I should give you who's on the bench. Ryan Sanford, strangely, goalkeeper on the bench. Sean Williams, Matt Smith, Alex Pierce, Conor Mahoney falls to the bench. Aidan O'Brien, John Daddy. Here come the teams. I am in the press box today. How about that? That's um, quite a social ladder. I'm, I'm up the social ladder now, so I will speak to you if I meet you next time I meet up with you, but please call me sir. United in their classic all-white kit based on the Real Madrid and uh, instituted by Don Revy back in the 70s. The Lions, of course, in dark blue with white sleeves, white shorts. Massive game, dear listeners. The season is not yet lost. I know we've lost our, our talisman, Neil Harris, but let's be quite honest, the statistics uh, support the decision for him to have gone. He went with dignity but no wins in eight games for the Lions. One goal for an open play since the Battle of Trafalgar. Um, these statistics have to change. I'm hoping this line-up today will break more freedom, get the ball forwards, move it about and get the atmosphere to then into the game. That's what we want to see. As I'm in the press box, I should be maintaining the strictest neutrality in my comment, of course. since Abbey Road. 50 years ago, Abbey Road came out. And here we are with... Um, bit, hey Jude. bit before my time, Mr Hart, as you can probably imagine. I'm sat next to Michael Avery of the uh, Embassy. Good afternoon. Well, all the ingredients are in place. I think the ingredients are in place for the squad to do better this season. I, 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 don't, um, I don't believe in... Um, overreaching on optimism with Millwall but I do believe that the squad has it within it to do a lot better than it's been playing we should be mid-table in my opinion I know we're up against teams with bigger and better budgets but this stadium this atmosphere that we can muster is a major weapon don't don't ever think that other teams don't um, don't fear it they do they know what a weapon this is and Leeds gathering in the middle at the moment will be in for a hot afternoon. They will be hoping they can get an early goal to kill it off. The Lions will be hoping that we can get the, the crowd roaring and get that crucial first goal. If we can get that, anything becomes possible. Let's get ready. Buckle up, dear listeners. Buckle up. So Millwall will be attacking the away end in the first half in accordance with the venerable Bede's dictum in the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle from the, the year 700. Leeds will be attacking the Coldwell Lane ends. Away we go. Strange action. Question for you, dear listener. Does this squad owe Neil Harris a performance? He's gone now. He won't, he won't um, come back. But I think we owe him a win as a as a tribute to what he did do. I know the, um, the criticism. We all heard it on TV on, on, on Wednesday night on Sky. Those that were there will know all about it. So the squad will want to send him off because he achieved a lot for our, our, our club as a, as a player and as a manager. 
So I want to, you know, give them a good send off with a win. That would be a, a huge weight off of everyone's collective shoulders. This is Ben Thompson restored to the team after being dropped on um, Tuesday. A little bit long on the ball there from from Ben. Good to see him back. He is one of our own. We like that. There's a ball wide. It's Marlon. Breaks into space. Come down the right side. Can he buy into the... Oh! Kicks away the near post by the goalkeeper. Great early start. One half minutes. Corner middle. Right hand side. It's approaching two minutes. And it comes from the corner. Dark, far post. Cooper goes tumbling. Looking for the penalty. The referee gives nothing of the sort. Michael just saying that fresh Bradshaw looks after that long-term injury there. Yeah, long, long-term injury he was out for, and already, what, four minutes in, he's... he's he looks he's, alive, doesn't he? He's looking alive, he's losing that last man really, really well. Let's just hope he leads to something. Leeds, of course, managed by the fiendish international spy, a villain from the Bond movie, Marcelo Pialso, with his Spygate scandal. Can't see him from where I'm sitting. I can see the, the rear head of temporary coach, Adam Barrett. Who's going to get the job, dear listeners? Um, a lot of names being banded around, some more ludicrous than others. I don't want Roy Keane. Do you want Roy Keane? I, I think it'd be a disaster. Um, some of the others are old sweats. I mean, Pulis is another name. He might want too much money. It'll be interesting to see who we do get. It would not surprise me in the least if Adam Barrett gets the job. He's unproven. He's untried. But today's a huge um, platform to see what he can do. This is the big time. Some people respond to the big time. Some people, you know, go under. Listen to that. That's the big time. Five minutes, free kick for Leeds. The 17 being held over. I do have a team sheet in front of me today. I could. If I chose to, I could sound really professional and name the opposition players. But I choose not to. I choose the hard road, dear listeners. You don't want professional. You want it rough. You're going to get it rough. It's a free kick. First chance for Leeds to get the ball into the middle penalty. The 23 is going to take on the right-hand side. It's five and a half minutes now on the clock. And it comes from the right. It's into the middle. That's headed away by Jake Cooper. Everyone back for that. Great. That's that's more like it. Winning the ball in midfield. This is the... Jed on the, on the, on the right side there. Ball in was not good enough, unfortunately. Leeds do break. But that winning the, the ball there in midfield is what's been lacking for large chunks of this season. That's what we want to see. Some early reaction on Twitter. Uh, play DJ, fucking hell, what a difference already. Up and at him, on the front foot. Attacking with intent, says play DJ. Long ball forwards from, from Hutch, 13 minutes. A little head down, it's... Breaks through from Bradshaw in front of the guy. He's tripped, he's got a bit of penalty. It's a penalty! 13 minutes! All forwards, Bradshaw found space, beat his man. The crowd brought him off. to see that, do they? Don't say you don't get drama in Mill versus Leeds games, dear listeners. Mill penalty. Red card for the uh, the 21. Goalkeepers come out to have a word with Jed. A bit of, bit of mind games. Big moment. Big weight can be lifted off the club if we can get this early goal from Jed Wallace now. Interminable delay whilst Leeds try to um, get inside Jed's head. They're encroaching in the penalty area. Here we go. Yeah! 
top left-hand corner. Masterclass in penalty taking from Jed Wallace. This is what you get on the big screen. Lot of mind games. He sticks in the top left corner. It's one little Millwall. A very, very honest player, Jed Wallace. He always gives 100%. He's buried that, has put the lines in front, 15 minutes, crucial goal. Leads down to 10 men. The crowd are as intense as you might want in this situation. I know we get listeners from all over the world, from, from uh, southern India to the Gambia to South America. Believe you me, wherever you're listening, this is a proper Millwall atmosphere, dear listeners. Just how you want it. It's the old, it's the, old the, uh, the the great American songbook. I was wondering how long before the Jimmy Savile song came. That's 17 minutes, dear listeners. If you're playing Jimmy Savile bingo around the world, that finds that finds Ben Thompson. Little ball out wide right, trying to find Marlon Romeo. Got back heels it. It's now falls in the path of Ben Thompson, slammed into the near post goalkeeper. Does block it. 25 minutes. Lions looking to shoot onside, that's a good thing. Now, we're just saying that they don't look panicky on the ball leads, do they? They're down to 10 men, and the atmosphere is what it is. They look to still pass it. Oh, definitely. They're not playing like a side with 10 minutes or doing a damage limitation or, you know, we'll keep the score down. I mean, there's a ball there. There's a cross-field cross, um, ball there, which is beautifully played down one touch. They're, they're still playing some one two That's a nice ball. Ball's out wide ball now. Ball to the left side, still into the middle penalty area. Great work there by Marlon. House of penalties. Jed brings it away. Great, fantastic defensive work there by Jed Wallace. Here's Ryan Leonard. He's, he's uh, gone down twice. Now he's hobbling off the pitch again. And Sean Williams is going to come into play. 27 minutes. Connor Sefton on Twitter says Jed looks like he's had his shackles removed. And I think uh, the whole team have had their shackles removed, Connor. Jed Wallace coming down the left. 43rd minutes. Going to go for left-sided corner. Some really, really sharp midfield work today, dear listeners. The Lions have looked like they've um, been given free reign to come out of attack, play the football that they probably have wanted to all season, but for whatever reason hasn't worked out. Left-sided corner, 44 minutes. Shane Ferguson to take, left side. In it comes, swung in across the face of the goal. Falls to Jed Wallace on the, on the right side. Humby. Pulled back into the box. That's going to be short of the mark, unfortunately. But the Lions do keep possession. That's a lovely little dinky move by Ben Thompson. Finds Ferguson. 2-0! Big 2-0! Fantastic move down the left side. What a finish! What a finish! That's the finishing we've missed for many, many years. Bradshaw, Tom Bradshaw. From close range, all in from the left. 2-0. Let's watch it again. Lovely little dink forwards from uh, Ben Thompson. Finds Shane Ferguson. That was a masterclass in finishing by Tom Bradshaw. It's 2-0 just before half-time. Frankie Christou says Ben Thompson just woken up turning the Leeds defenders inside that was some great runs and it was just such a, um, a run that, uh, that led to that goal there there's a half time whistle listen to that roar of relief around the den that's been a great performance in fairness by the Lions in the first half 
Anyway, from Jed Wallace, early on in the game, about 15 minutes in, and then that fantastic finish by Tom Bradshaw to finish the half off. Great performance by the Lions on that basis. Um, there's a lot to, um, you know, there's a lot to look forward to this season still. So, half time, it's Millwall 2, Leeds 0. And just for something completely different for you now, dear listeners, I took the chance to have a read of a, a book that's been around a while on the Millwall scene. That's Murph Payne's Because My Dad Does. And I took the, uh, the opportunity to do a little review of it the other day. So, for a little bit of light relief after that intense first half, I'm going to take you to listen to my review of Murph Payne's Because My Dad Does. It was one of those times in your life that you wanted to go on forever. Then it occurred to you that it was even better to come. I was looking forward to relaxing on the coach, closing my eyes and reliving every shot, goal, celebration, heartache, every peak and trough of that incredible season over and over in my head. I wanted to speak to my dad. I begged him to come, but he flatly refused. His official reason was he had to be in work at six on the Tuesday morning and he didn't want a late night out. But I knew that was a very poor cover story for the real reason. And that was that he couldn't bear to see his beloved Millwall fail again. Well, that's an extract from a book that's been doing the rounds for a little while now, dear listeners, on the Millwall circuit. A book called Because My Dad Does, written by Merv Payne. It de- deals in deep and personal subjects and I felt that... It's become a minor classic of a strange little genre called Millwall Literature. Uh, that genre includes Eamon Dunphy's famous book from the 1970s, Only a Game. More recently, of course, we have Family by Mike Calvin that delved into the the familial links, the community links that bind us at the den. And in a similar way now, because my dad does, by Merv, also tackles similar issues... As I say, this is a highly personal story. Yeah, it's one that I think we can all, Millwall fan or not, to be honest, relate to. Um, Merv writes this regarding the 87-88 dream season, um, but it dwells on Merv's upbringing. Merv is from Clapham, probably more Palace as an area than Millwall, and he's somewhat... um, Somewhat remote relationship, I think, probably the best description I can give reading the book of his relationship with his dad, Vic Payne. Now, Vic comes over in the book as a typical father of uh, the the kind of war generation. I include my dad in that description. This was a, fa- a generation that were brought up to get along with things, not speak of their feelings, all of the things that modern men is now told is good and correct. Uh, My dad, Merv's dad, probably your dad too, dear listener, was brought up to regard such um, sharing of feelings as, I don't know, what's the right word, soft or not appropriate, certainly not, um, not, you know, not British, shall we say. Um, Nowadays, of course, there's there's a whole raft of initiative now for men's mental health, rightly so. You know, we're all probably guilty, so I include myself, of not talking about the inner uh, conflicts and, and thoughts and feelings that we all go through in this life. And certainly that's a theme of Because My Dad Does, because Merv's dad, Vic, is, um, without giving away the the ending of the book, I don't think it's that kind of book where you can exactly give away the ending, but clearly Merv's dad is, in the end, diagnosed as being suffering from clinical depression. 
So Merv and Vic, apart from their joint trips to the Den during the um, well, the late 70s and 80s, had comparatively little in what we would now call male bonding. This has become a modern thing, isn't it? Male bonding. We all talk about this and we all know it's important. Many, many, many of us were brought up without it, with particularly in relation to our, our father figures. I think and I hope and I sometimes worry, if any of that makes sense, the pendulum of modern life has swung in a different direction now, and these days men are brought up to speak, be more open, and probably be more healthy in their attitudes towards relationships with women, their sons and their daughters too, which can only be a good thing. But certainly Merv's book does touch upon old school attitudes, particularly working class life. The whole point of the book is that in the absence of modern-day male bonding, the substitution for that was regular trips to go and go and watch Millwall during, you know, some pretty tough times for the club. Um, anyone that started supporting the Lions in the late 70s, 1979 in Merv's case, um, knows what it's like to not know what success is. So the build-up obviously is in the end towards the dream season, 1987 to 88, the um, the expectation hope of the pre-season signings, linked, of course, to the previous tragic um, failure to be promoted in 1972, a regular chorus of, of, of Vic Payne's is that, um, you know, we, that was the closest we'd ever come to being promoted to the top flight. The doubt that probably lived within us all, and I, I was there in 72, so I, I, I know this well, that Mill could ever actually achieve anything like top flight glory. Well, of course we could, and the, the book describes the season culminating in the magic day out at Hull City, where promotion was clinched at Boothbury Park, now gone, the home of Hull City, when the Lions finally not only achieved promotion, but did so as champions of Division 2. It's worth reading for that. It also includes some highly personal stuff relating to the what we now know to be the scandals of, of uh, youth football. Um, this has come out in recent years, of course, and back in the 70s, um, it was less less well known, less spoken of. The story of um, the local youth club that Merv tried to join when he was a kid in Clapham, Spartan the Rovers, led by uh, a nickname chap called Splodge Gun, and then the rather dark epilogue at the end of the book um, gives a very different tone. That the, the, these are issues that are more widely known now, and as Merv touched upon, there are many dark, horrific things from the past that um, may never be fully exposed. So certainly the book touches upon personal, it touches on, what should we call it, social issues, and it touches upon the story of Millwall, the, the, the kind of transformation of the club from no-hopers into eventual successes in Division 1. And, of course, the wheels come off because it's Millwall, doesn't it, dear listener, when we get relegated back to Division 2 from whence we came and the strange sense of... That relegation season being um, after the Lord Mayor's show, as, as one chapter heading has it in the book. Merv describes a sense of completion, which I found very interesting. The the idea that the essence of supporting a club like Millwall, Mill, we, we are Millwall fans, if you're listening to this show, you're odds-on to be a Millwall supporter, but the essence of supporting a club and then finally achieving success provided a strange sense of completion. One of the lines that Merv's, Merv's uses is that things can never be quite the same again after 
the achievement of promotion. I know what he means. I know we've touched upon, you know, um, the cup final and then European football and then various playoff wins and trips to Wembley ever since. But nobody who was there in that season will probably quite escape that same sense that a cycle was completed, that somehow nothing afterwards could be quite the quite as good as that ever again. It's like loss of taste. Because My Dad Does is a book about life, and life, as we all know, dear listener, moves on. Um, Merv describes the... Um, the next phase of his own life, the the moving on from being a Millwall obsessive, week in, week out, away travel, home travel, you name it, um, to the ultimately more fulfilling areas of life, such as marriage, kids, dare I say mortgage, the routine upon which we all um, have to reconcile ourselves, and ultimately that leads to a separation from Mill. In, in Merv's case, he moves up north. Life takes him up to um, the Manchester area. So therefore, away from Millwall, quite so regularly anyway. Um, but also, of course, away from his dad. And that link, that regular trip to the den, the routines, the idea of, 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 of weekly routine becomes quite a powerful memory, which you never quite lose. And the book is an account of memories that are very dear to Merv and will resonate with you as a, as a reader. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed reading this book on holiday. I'd, I'd, I'd had it for a while, the book, and I hadn't read it, and I felt slightly guilty for not reading it. Um, I'm glad that I did read it. It's It certainly helps if you're a Millwall fan to understand the personalities uh, mentioned. There is everyone from Cascarino, Herlock to Lottery, Larry. As I've written on my notes here, it will find common ground with any reader, non-Millwall fan, non-football fan, to be absolutely honest. As the, the themes are universal. So I recommend this book. I'll give it five stars. It's a great book on Amazon for nine ninety nine because my dad does by Merv Payne. I'm going to close this little review with a another passage from the book, which was written in the... Um, Describing the aftermath of promotion and, you know, the, the kind of that sense of um, conclusions. When I look back at how it all panned out, it's quite bizarre. Almost as if by seeing Millwall finally win promotion to the first division alongside Dad, it was mission accomplished. But that goes against everything that football gives us. A new season, a fresh start, a chance to regain higher league status, an opportunity for more glory. Yet I felt strangely fulfilled. And whilst I did miss the week-in, week-out visits to matches at times, there was a feeling of completion and closure about it, almost like when a couple admit that a relationship has run its course and have the courage to go their separate ways. Because My Dad Does by Merv Payne, available from Amazon, 9.99, five stars. Achtung, Mühlwald. 1 This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you 
everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, on the pitch for the second half. I hope you enjoyed that review of Merv's book. It's a great read. You get it on Amazon. Check it out. Well worth a read. But we have business to attend to in the second half, dear listeners. No apparent changes from me. I think it looks like Leeds are bringing number three in. Barry Douglas. I wasn't going to give their name, did I? For the 17. I thought Leeds looked um, not brilliant, but they looked dangerous at times. The second goal is a big cushion, but we do need to keep it together, dear listeners. Do need to keep it together. Leeds are going to kick off the second half, attacking their, their fans in the away end. Millwall, as is right and proper, will be attacking the Colbro Lane end in the second half. Away we go. Early long ball forwards lead straight into the attack from kickoff. The ball in from the left side. That's 2-1 in front of goal. Ball in down the right. Ball in front of goal. And they're straight back here to 2-1 within seconds of kickoff. That's a blow. So that's Mimmel's turn to kick off instead. Just 45 seconds in the in the half on the clock. They'll need to contain themselves, dear listeners. Keep the good habits that got them into the position in the first half. And keep moving the ball like we did. Leeds will take half from that goal, though. You get a sense this is a key passage of the game. Leeds playing possession football in their own half. They're now coming down the right side. 63rd minute of the game. Trying to get the cross in. That's blocked. Uh, they're playing a possession, passing, uh, you know, passing back and forth style. It's quite effective for a team down to 10 men, you've got to say. Lions need to keep it contained. They're on the uh, right side of the mill penalty area. Is it looking to get the ball in? It does. It's deep, deep, deep. Over everyone's heads. They've still got time to play this style at the 63rd minute, so there's still plenty of time left in the game. Without the pressure of the clock to you know, maybe start getting the ball forward more urgently. And the crowd sense that, you can hear the roar of the Millwall fans. As we approach the, the midway point of the second half, it's been pretty much leads in all honesty since the, uh, the kick-off and that goal. We are keeping it together, we are keeping our shape. But obviously with one goal in it and Leeds looking to move the ball with the players they've got good class players here's the 10 just on the edge of the mill penalty before I overpraise them 43 shot over the bar from the edge of the D some good strong tackling in midfield today it's been the mark of today's game as well it's gone into the corner it's going to go for a goal kick off of Bradshaw's boot there but the, uh, the midfield performance has been well country miles ahead of what we've seen so far for much of this season why that will be I don't know that'll be a subject of um 
analysis long into the night, I dare say. But here we are, 68 minutes. Lions leading it 2-1. Game still there to be won or lost by both teams, I think, at the moment. Just reading John Kelly of the News of Den. Apparently Bamford, when he was substituted, grabbed his crotch as he walked along the touchline. Makes another gesture to the home fans before a member of the lead staff ushers him into the dugout. Frankie Christou just tweets and we'll switch to ultra-defensive mode a little bit too early in a half for his liking. I think we've done a decent job, in fairness, of containing Leeds in the second half. They're a decent team. You've got to remember they're down to ten men. They've shown a lot of passing skill for me in the second half. Um, it isn't that Mill have been shit, as uh, some posters have had it. It's more that Leeds have been good. They are a good team. They, you know, they're, they're second in the table. They've been top, and justifiably so. And Lions have done very well to be in the position where we're, we're, we're two ahead. Now, it's sad that we've gone one, you know, one, that lead has been cut to one, but... Head down, this is Bradshaw in front of goal. It's Jake Cooper. A little bit of overcookery there on the left side from a free kick. The Shane Ferguson dinks it back into the middle. Ball bouncing around. Marlon tries to find wide right, and that was a little opportunity lost there, I think, for Lions. Mill doing a great job of high pressing, tackling high up in the pitch, putting these under pressure in their own half. Sam Brown on Twitter praises Marlon Romeo, battled hard today and given everything. She's right as well. And this is Millwall responds. Romeo and Jed have been superb. Jed is a man transformed. I don't know what kryptonite we put in his tea today, but it's keep it going. Adam Barrett. It looks like Bob Varson's going to come into the game, dear listeners. 78 minutes down below us. Thompson's doing everything. A real battling performance. Him, Jed Wallace, 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 and Bradshaw. Yeah. So Ben Thompson comes out. John Daddy comes in. First time we've scored more than two, one goal in uh, 18 league games, says John Kelly. Little statistic there for you. Leeds fans moaning about the uh, penalty decision. Shocking dive, they're saying. Shocking dive. It didn't look that way to me in real time. And I, as, as, as I said earlier, I'm neutral today. I'm in the press box. 80 minutes on the clock. 10 minutes to go, plus any overtime. Last minute of injury time, dear listeners. This place will explode if we can see this through to a win. The relief will explode. Throwing by the corner flag. I believe this is called game management, Michael. I believe so, Nick. It's not pretty, but it's game management and it works. Throw from Marlon Romeo now. Taken short. Corner. Release back on control. And as usual, when we were 2 1 up, we played about seven minutes of the four added on. Right sidey corner. That is four minutes according to my watch. Taken short by Jed. This is Jordan. Leeds! Millwall 2 Leeds 1! There's a two round under a long time. Magnificent performance by the Lions from start for us to finish. Start beautiful finish from uh, Tom Bridge on the end of the second half. Then we contain and contain and contain. A little bit of pressure the last five of the second half, but magnificent performance by the Lions. Man of the match, Jed Wallace. Jed Wallace for me this afternoon. The honourable mentions of dispatches to Bradshaw, Thompson, Marlon, the whole team, everyone. Who should be in the match, Michael? Tom Bradshaw all day long. What a great game by Tom Bradshaw. Monster of a performance.
wonderful, wonderful stuff. I feel shattered. I don't know about you. I feel absolutely shattered. We'll be right back after these messages. Lucas Ball Report. Mill victorious at the den. Uh, not a sentence I expected to be saying today, if I'm honest, heading into this one. Looked like a tough encounter on paper. I know Leeds had players out injured, but managerless Millwall record against Leeds still stands. I think it's one win in 11 for Leeds here. Um, Millwall super, really excellent first half, deserved the lead thoroughly. Um, Jed Wallace with the first goal whether it was a red card and a penalty or not I'm not entirely convinced uh, looked like Bradshaw went down a little bit after the contact and then maybe was Phillips covering so does that make it a red card or not um, but Jed Wallace tucked the penalty away superbly stuck it right in the top corner and then um, you know Mill will get their second just on the stroke of half time superb play down the left hand side Thompson flicks over the defender's head to find Ferguson. Ferguson low cross to Bradshaw who finishes superbly into the bottom corner. Just a little deft touch in front of the centre half. Um, and, and that was the two goal lead. Straight into the second half though and Leeds did get one back but then they, they put some pressure on after that with the ball but Bart didn't really have to make too many saves if any and um, yeah, Miller were happy and last 15-20 minutes they started to get pushed forward a lot more again and they started to dominate and they could have had a couple more goals in truth. John Daddy by Vassal should have done better with a chance right at the end. Um, but Mill looked assured, they looked confident, and they, and they played some good football today under Adam Barrett. So it'll be interesting to see whether he is actually in with a shout of getting the permanent job or whether Mill will go for someone external. I'd expect it'll be someone external. I think they'll go for experience. But you never know. Um, and if, if Barrett's in charge for the next game, which it, you know, he could be, yes, yeah, two weeks away, but um, you know, Mill aren't going to rush this recruitment process by any stretch. So if he's still in charge in two weeks' time, then who knows what's going to happen. So yesterday I was uh, privileged to be in the press box and one of the privileges was to get pitch side for Adam Barrett's post-match press conference. So I hope you enjoy this. Um, I managed to get a couple of questions of my own at the end of the, of the piece. So uh, Adam Barrett. Magnificent, really magnificent. Well done. Yeah, it's been a uh, very eventful sort of 48 hours absolute whirlwind and uh, to come through it and the back of that with three points and the performance against a top top side um, absolutely delighted for everyone with the football club you must have been so pleased with how the team started <coughs> off the match really really on the front foot yeah we set them up yesterday um, and that was the aim I want to get after these you know this place is a, is a tough place to come and, and we made sure that you know don't make it easy for them um, give the punters what they want to see and I, and, I, and I thought some of the football as well I thought the lads played some excellent stuff at times and we created chances um, so no I was delighted delighted with the way we started Obviously Jim Wallace <coughs> put your boys ahead and then right on half time what a finish with Tom Bradshaw Yeah Tom's you know if you could he, he's the, one of the best professionals you can get I've got so much time for the lad he, he, you know, he had a bad injury when he first came in here but the way he goes about his work every day day in day out and he deserves that, and he's, he's a goal scorer. He's proved that. Um, he's come back to fitness. 
and I'm really, really delighted for him. His work rate was phenomenal today, absolutely phenomenal, and he deserved that goal. And obviously you've gone in 2-0 up at half-time. I mean, obviously Leeds were going to come out, but yeah. worst nightmare, them scoring so early. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we had to settle the boys down there in half-time because it was, uh, you know, they come in buzzing, the, the, the place is buzzing, but we, you know, everything we said that we wanted from the start didn't happen. Um, and it was a terrible start to the second half and, and I think we made it a little bit more edgy for ourselves then because of the bad start. But that's a regroup. And I was just pleased with the character shown after that. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy, and especially when you've got a good side. Like I said, they, they were then gambling and they were taking chances because they had that freedom to do so. And, and, and they were, they've got some very, very good players. And, and like I said, they made it difficult for us. But like I said, the boys come back into it and worked extremely hard. And the character's shown there to... I think they only had one shot on target and, and that was the goal. Um, so, yeah, absolutely delighted. And they attacked a lot down the, their left-hand side, and Marlon Romeo really put in a shift today. Yeah, Marlon, I was delighted for him. Um, you know, I've known Marlon since he was at Gillingham when I was playing there, so he's a, he's a, he's a great kid, um, really really wants to get better and improve, and it was a good test for him. You know, I said to the boys, you know, it's a great test for you today, and especially the full-back areas where they like to switch the play and then get at you with a 1v1 and they've got quality. So I thought to a man, all of them were, were outstanding. And obviously, one game, one win, everybody's going to ask the question, but are you in the hat for the, hopefully the managerial role? It's been a whirlwind 24 hours for me, 48 hours, and uh, the club turned around and said they would like me to take the game Saturday, and in my head, all I've focused on is today, and, you know, it's taken up a lot of my energy, a lot of time, and, and I haven't got off the phone, and I don't think I've slept for two days, um, so to come in here and get the, get the result, um, you know, I can't think of anything else, you know, it's all about today. Adam, how hard has it been to sort of quell the shock over the last sort of 48 hours and mentally prepare a side against a team who believe they are the best team in this division? It's been difficult, um, just even from a personal point of view. Like Neil's a friend, I've known him a long, long time, and, and he brought me to the club. So it was a real shock. I wasn't expecting it, and to lose him and David, who I've worked so closely with, um, and that, that goes around the club. You know, there's people that Neil's known for 15, 16, 17 years, and David and. And it, and it hit everyone hard. We come in yesterday and, you know, there was, there was tears around the place, um, tears with the staff, and, and, and it was a big shock for the player because, you know, we, we just didn't expect it. So it was, it was a tough day, I'm not going to lie, and it was a, a real whirlwind. But, you know, that set it aside, we had to really concentrate on the task ahead today. And, and like you said, against one of the top teams in the division, rightly so as well. And I, that, that's what I'm so proud with everyone, how they, how they galvanise that and we, and we come out today really fighting. There's so much intensity from your side. What did you say to them? How do you motivate a team? Um, can't say that now. But, um, <laughs> no, it was... Give, it, give, it, give it, us the PG version. No, no, no. no. Um, you know, it, we had a game plan. We had a game plan and we was, um, you know, we concentrated on that. Uh, There's a certain way I, I wanted to play and I wanted to get after them. Um, and it was, it was all about the intensity, the occasion, but trying to control that. And I thought, you know, sometimes you can let that get a run away with you. And, but I thought the boys controlled it really well. Um, like I said, we, we've done a lot of homework and we do, our, we do our work. And I'm just delighted that we've got three points today. Does the international break offer more uncertainty for you? Because we're now two weeks away from uh, your next game. And it's a bit like, do I prepare them? What do I do? Where, where, where am I? 
honestly, I'm looking for a couple of days off, and I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to having a beer and um, seeing my family tonight. That's that's the only thing on my mind. I'm a Magaluf for footballers around this time. Of year, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a family man. I'll be uh, sitting down with a nice cold beer and, and with my wife and kids, and uh, we just enjoy today. Congratulations. What did you say to the players? Did you say anything different from the message that you, as a coaching unit, you've been trying all season? Look, we've 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 worked extremely hard, the three of us, and and you know. Neil and David, what they've put in place at this club and put behind the scenes, you know, it's fantastic and they've really put the club in a good place. Um, you know, we had 24 hours to prepare for this game after the, the shock and, um, you know, we carried, you know, we carried that on and I thought today's performance was, you know, I wanted to give them something that Neil and Dave would be proud of and that's, I think they would have done today. I think that's what they would have done and, and like I said, can't thank them enough, and I'm just pleased that we got the three points there for them. Cheers. Player that I thought stood out today, Adam, was Jed Wallace. I know the whole team you could probably yeah. give top marks, but I thought he was on fire out there today. Yeah, he was outstanding. Um, you know, Jed, Jed's one of them players that can. He's all over the place. He's yeah. uh, he can carry the, carry us up the pitch um, on the counter attack, and I just wanted him to play with a bit of freedom today. Yeah. Go and express himself, and I, I think he, he enjoys that. And as soon as he starts well, you think, oh, he's in the game here. Here we yeah. go. And he was uh, he was an important player for us. But like I said. I thought they was to a man every one of them was, was fantastic and that finish from Tom Bradshaw at the end of the second the first half was top draw what yeah Tom, Tom's uh, he's a goal scorer and you, if he gets chances he'll stick him away and I think it was uh, top of my head like I, said, I haven't looked at it yet yeah, but yeah. the cross came in and, got, and I think it was good movement he got in front and, and it's a lovely little finish and yeah. like I said he thoroughly deserves that for yeah. what he's been through last year with the injury and he's now starting to show what, what a good player he is fantastic enjoy beer tonight mate you deserve okay. it thank you very much nice one. cheers thank you thanks thank everyone Achtung, Mehlball. Erin well, and I have wangled our way pitch side because these are the privileges that come your way when you wear the badge. We just, we just uh, as you would have heard, just did that little um, post-match piece there with uh, first-team coach um, Adam Barrett. What a nice bloke. What uh, a very personable chap he is. Do you know what? Absolutely brilliant interview. I'm just, I'm just editing it now to send it back to base, but absolutely fantastic yeah. from him. Brilliant performance. Just... I don't know, there felt like a really positive energy about the place. And I think the first 45, the intensity, the pressing, different class. You know, it looked like a different Millwall. And, you know, I think all you heard around us was was shackles come off, shackles come off, shackles come off, shackles come off. Thompson, absolutely different class. Jed Wallace. I can't pick a bad performance out of anyone. Jed Wallace. You know what? Leeds got a Casirian goal from Real Madrid. Yeah. Mate. I'm sorry. You, you, oh. This is it. Oh. You, you forget these players have come in from leading European sides. Yeah. Real Madrid's goalkeeper. You know that's that's not. Yeah, that's not to demean our players, but, but what a performance given given the, the opposition we're up against. I know that the you know the, 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 the sending off probably turned it from their point of view, but I just think that was a magnificent show. I, I, just thinking about the forthcoming meal. I mean, obviously Adam was a little bit reticent there as to whether he's in 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 the frame. I would think that a performance and a atmosphere like today must be quite addictive I would I would want to put, put my hat into the ring wouldn't you I mean I mean I've never taught, t- taken any form of nar- narcotics never really no. experienced that but the adrenaline rush yeah. you know when you've got what I call the Millwall chimes behind yeah. you around you people people just absolutely going for it I'm sure we're looking at the uh, the, the, the wonderfully uh, you know appointed husky chocolate dugout you know people must have been banging around on that side of absolutely. it but just absolutely to see the disappointment 
in the Leeds faces is so good. Sweet. So good. You know, for, any, for anyone who's been watching on Amazon, for anyone who's been watching on Amazon, uh, I've got the Leeds director of football uh, behind me. Yeah. I've got, I, I've just seen the CEO pacing up and down the touchline at the den yeah. because he's had a call with the with the owner. Yeah. You know, you can see that their assistant coaches come out. Bielsa yeah. was fucking livid at the Absolutely. end. Absolutely livid at the end. Yeah. But you know what? They've just been Millwall. Absolutely. They've just been Millwall. And do you know what? It feels so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. It's a trap, isn't it? You get, you get drawn into it, the atmosphere, the, the intensity of it today. The, it, was, it was wonderful stuff. I mean, it, I know these, these are players that play at the, the highest levels or come from clubs at the highest level, but you won't get much like this anywhere. Do you know what? I think the only player from their side that actually... I'd say smash up was Calvin Phillips. Yeah. I think he's different class in yeah. front of the ball. I was disappointed with Ailing because I personally think he's the best right back in the league, best attacking right back in the league. But he's he's cut, he's knocking off an injury. But then again, on a whole, their squad seems dysfunctional. Without Bamford, yeah. they're in trouble. Without Bamford, they're in trouble. And if Bamford don't score, no. they've got to try and bring on Enketiah. Now look, this ain't Ellen Road. No. You can't be banking on forty thousand every no, week to. No, no. To, to carry over the line and you know for a fact I mean one thing I love watching it absolutely love watching it is when the Millwall fans do the old Millwall trials they go for it everyone's just come out and for the first five minutes the opponents can't get in the other half no, they not. cannot get in no. in the Millwall half no. because the, the fans are there. it's as if they're on top of you we're standing right now uh, you know in the dugout yeah. it's as if these stands are on top of you they're about to swallow you up yeah. and do you know what it is absolutely brilliant good luck to Adam Bout we just spoke to him in the, the, the post-match you know what his, his I'd like to see him get it, you know, if he's, if he's up for it. His answers were brilliant. His yeah. answers were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, the guy, very personable. Yeah. Um, not miserable, not yeah. very positive. I really yeah. like that. You know, we're, we're one game. It's one game. It's yeah. one game in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows what happens. Well, I've had a very nice day out. Thank you very much for, <laughs> for bringing me here, Aaron. Thank you, Thank you uh, for, for being here. It's been good to show you what we get up to as well. Nice one. Achtung, Milbein. Huge welcome back to the show to Ryan James. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Hope you're well. Oh, mate, I am actually exhausted. Uh, <laughs> mentally exhausted, physically exhausted. You were watching it on, on iFollow today. Um, that was a magnificent performance by the Lions, Ryan, I thought. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was watching it on iFollow and uh, gutted, to be fair. I couldn't be at the ground. Like, the atmosphere <laughs> coming through was just insane from... Uh, from start to finish and yeah what what a performance i mean i've um, I mean, i'm just writing up my 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 review of it now and i've i've put in it it's probably the most complete middle performance i can remember in a in a long time to be honest yeah amazing i mean i you know i i, I know we've had the shock of of neil harris departure um just a couple of days ago now um and you, I, you probably would have watched the game at Luton on on TV on on, the, on Wednesday night, and that was a, a game of major contrast. I mean, a very very poor first half, and a glimpse of something better in the second half. And I, I just think today was like a continuation of what we saw on Wednesday night. You, you could see the basis of, to, of today's performance in that second half performance. Um, I, I, the, you know, it's such a shame that Neil was departed now, and we've seen this today that the players are playing without shackles and with freedom. Yeah, it's um like you say that that Luton game was, I think part of Neil leaving especially for people was we saw that second half in the Luton match and people thought you know what maybe he like we've got the resources here he can he can probably turn it around so his 
him leaving was such a shock and I think it was such an emotional week for so many people like you saw the outpouring on the uh, yeah, on social yeah. media and everything and I think you can see all of that emotion I saw in, um, in Barrett's comments after the game he's talking about you know the players wanted to do it for Neil like there were tears with all the staff I think that emotion was in the crowd and on the players today and played a big big part in actually getting the win it's, it's really kind of Neil Harris's last win as Millwall manager almost you know yeah, I'd, I'd he wasn't agree there on the touchline yeah. but you know, in emotion and in spirit, I think uh, it's his staff that have done that. It's his players, it's his team. And like you say, as a continuation from how they played on Luton, it's almost that's his, that that win was kind of for Neil as his last hurrah, really. That's a, that's a really nice way to put it. I like that. Um, and I agree with it because, you know, it was a Millwall performance. Um, in the prelims to today's game, I got there a little bit early and, you know, there was this kind of... Um, post-funeral kind of atmosphere. It's quite odd. I wondered what kind of game we were going to get today. But, um, wow, the atmosphere was as intense as you could have wanted it. Um, major, major level performance uh, and the atmosphere today. But I want to name one or two players because I yes. thought Bradshaw up front putting a huge shift today. That was that was the first performance we've seen, I thought, where yeah. say, yeah, that's that's Tom Bradshaw. That, yeah, totally, totally. I think um, I've 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 picked out him and uh, and and Romeo as well. But like for Bradshaw especially, Romeo, yeah, yeah. Romeo is fantastic. I mean, I'll come on to him. But Bradshaw was he was so good. He's such a in terms of like wh- wh- where we had Lee Gregory over the last few seasons. Like he works like Gregory, and like the Millwall fans love that. But he is also like the finish he had today. Like he's a he's a better striker than Gregory. He's a uh, Obviously, his injury put him out for so long, but yeah. he's come back in. You can see that the players feel a strong connection from coming in. Like it was a big moment when he when he got that first goal, and yeah. uh, he put in another like got another good goal at Luton. And I think he he's going to be big for us. And I can't I couldn't work out why he wasn't in the side for the last few weeks, but um, coming back in, I think you can see we need him. We need him up top. It gives the players the fact how we played today is him leading the line and. Uh, We've got that energy. We've got that pace from the top. He's up there. Every first ball, he's on there. You know, he's right on, on the defender's toes. And with, yeah. Smith, with Smith up front, we don't have that. And with, with Bradshaw, it's so key for us, I think, that he's going to be there and he's going to be the one leading that. I mean, I suppose with Smith, we, we were using him as a, incorrectly, in my opinion, but we were yeah. using him as a, as, a, as a target man when he's actually <laughs> a, a very skilled finisher inside the six-yard box. You know, he's, he's, yes. he's a, give him a half chance and he'll put it away. He was on the bench today, didn't didn't show. Um, but that, that um, the, well, the penalty, because I mean, I've, I've just got, not long got home, so I'm just going through Twitter and there's one or two, um, you know, kind yeah. of uh, be, be, belly aching posts from Leeds fans. Oh, that, the Leeds the fans aren't, aren't happy, that, but we all love no, Leeds the, tears, don't we? We do, it's wonderful. <laughs> Um, I mean, in real time, it looked like a penalty. I haven't seen it in any kind of slow motion, and that they, they, they seem mm. to be implying that he's dived. But even if he's dived and won as a penalty, that the dark arts, Ryan, is where we've gone a little bit awry in, in recent times, and that ability to fall over strategically won as a penalty today, rightly or wrongly. And so again, that comes back to Bradshaw and, and yeah, his, yeah. his football brain. And it was know? a it was a classic sort of Bradshaw moment of him hustling the two centre backs. Or yeah. I think it was Williams uh, Phillips covering, so like hassling those players and winning the ball back, and yeah. uh, getting onto it where really, really he had no right, and so he created that chance, he caused that panic, and he caused them to take him down. And you know, you could argue whether or not it should be a red, but I think there's enough cases to say it's a red with the with the rule change. Like it wasn't a genuine attempt to play the ball. So if he's last man, if the referee thinks he's last man, then he's he's got to go. And, Absolutely, you and, know, um... and Jed Wallace delivered excellently. 
Well, that was well. the next man on my list for mention because I thought, mm. you know, I actually took him as my man of the match in real time. Um, I thought that was a magnificent showing by Jed today. And what a, what a penalty. That was a masterclass in penalty yeah, taking. Excellent. I think over the last few weeks, he's shown that he is uh, he's someone who's going to grab games by the scruff of the neck. Like I was at the, um, the QPR games, the first game I got to go and watch this season but, yeah. um, at the Den. And he just, when things just weren't going right, he just grabbed the ball himself and ran with it. And I thought, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen that where where there's been so much frustration and so much kind of lack of creativity. He's been one of the only players who's just gone, do you know what, I'm I'm just going to have this. And that confidence really played into his hands today. Like he's he's, he's been confident. And when every, everyone else was playing well today, you know, it just helped him. And he, he did well. He, he created a lot of chances. Like he did a lot of work. And uh, and with how Romeo played next to him on the on the wing, like that's just it's just a great combination if they can if they can keep up that sort of form. Yeah, I mean Romeo was a good call, um, and he got forwards. I mean the the whole team really. I mean, we're, we're picking out the very best of a very very good team performance. Yeah, yeah, it was really. a, a fully a fully a like, really complete performance from, from and, the whole um, team. I mean the, the team instructions. I mean the whole team um, struck me in, in on on the on you know sitting in the stand today. The, the whole team playing almost with a with a, a weight lifted off their backs. Um, yeah, given instructions, I guess to 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 play with some freedom. There was less of the long ball, Ryan. I mean, you know, very yeah, few aim, aimless long balls today. Yeah, there were. There was. Um, I mean, I think they kind of crept in a bit more in the second half, and we were under the cosh a bit more, more, you know, like clearing it rather than trying to just knock it long. But yeah, no, playing it through the lines like the you saw. How, like I think um, Malumbi had. I looked at the stats. Malumbi had the most passes of any middle player today. Like just getting the midfielders on the ball. It's a shame Lennon had to go off, but uh, you know, like they were getting Malumbi on the ball. Um, yep. Cooper and Hutchinson both weren't afraid to try and play passes. They weren't just immediately going long; like they were playing it through the lines, and it was we were creating so many chances with it. And I thought, um, where we've been, I think off the ball as well, we we were we were completely different. And we, it's been how I've wanted to see Mill play for ages. Like I, I kept noting during the first half, every time um, Casilla had the goal in ball for Leeds, um, in the ball in goal for Leeds, yeah, we had we had six players in Leeds's half. We had the Thompson and Bradshaw on the edge of the box waiting for that first pass. We had the two wingers up and we had um, Leonard and Mullumby and then Williams and Mullumby up on the Leeds midfielders. And I mean, so many people have been commenting this season how we might press for the first five minutes and we sit back and we let teams play. Today, they just set up to, as soon as Leeds touched the ball, as soon as it was in play, they were on them. They had two or three players on them. Mullumby a few times just sprinting out of lines just to put pressure on someone, Dally on the ball. Like he won it back a couple of times right around the box, you know. We had that yeah. chance right at the end of the game where uh, Bodvarsson could have scored, where Malumbi yeah. just put pressure on the centre back there. Yeah. And it's just, if, if if we play, I know like there's there's a lot of energy in the Leeds game, there's a lot of support from the crowd, and that won't happen every game. But if we can play with that sort of tempo and that sort of energy week in week out, when we play teams who aren't as good as Leeds, who are one of the best teams in this division, especially on the ball, if, when we play teams who aren't as good as Leeds trying to keep the ball, we will just tear them apart. We will just. If we yeah. put that sort of pressure on them, we'll win the ball back high, we'll create chances. And it just, I think, if it forces teams to go long against us, we've got Cooper and Hutchinson and Pierce when he plays winning headers, they're not going yeah. to lose many headers against a lot of teams, you know. If, no, and I that's, agree. I think, that's one thing that I noted against Luton, you know, when we started to press them, they went long and Cooper and Hutchinson, they're just, just winning the balls back and we won the ball back. And it's just, I think that's how we all have to go on and play, you know, whoever I mean, the manager is. That's, Leeds that's how it's got to be. You're right, Mill Leeds is always a special occasion it's pantomime as I've called it a few times um but the bringing the crowd into play and I, I think you're right if we play lesser teams it won't be as intense but 
to be honest with you, I, I, my own personal belief is you give the Millwall crowd fast attacking offensive football, uh, they will respond, you know, whether it's against yeah, um, Leeds definitely. United or Barnsley or definitely. whoever like, you know. Um, definitely. I think the crowd have been exceptional this season, like particularly, obviously, the first couple of games, the first games were 15,000 easily. And, uh, you know, even when we've, we've uh, dropped our form a little bit, the, the numbers are still turned up. Like the QPR game, I was shocked at how, like everything sold out so quickly. I know it's a, bit a London game, but yeah. you know it's not it's not necessarily the game you'd pick out on a calendar. But the crowd was there even after without having a couple of wins. And the crowd were there. The travelling sports been excellent. And uh, you know, like you say, if 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 they get given attacking football and and a Millwall team running about and working their socks off, they're just it's just going to get louder and louder. And then teams yeah. just won't want to come to the den anymore. Like you know, like they have done historically. Years yeah, before, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, we, we got ourselves 1-0 in front. I just want to praise Bradshaw one more time before we mm. uh, we, we finish. But that was a beautiful finish for that goal. I mean, we, to create the chance in the first place has been what's been lacking at large chunks of the season. But so too has been the finish. And that was a beautiful um, clip, little almost backheeled into the into the net for 2-0 just before yeah. half-time. What a yeah, time to really, score. A really smart finish. And yeah, like you say, great, great time to score. Just uh, give everyone that lift going in at half-time. I mean, didn't last long for the the 20 seconds, but you put no. that down. But I mean, I think I looked at the stats, and other than that goal, which 20 seconds into the uh, to the to the second half, Leeds didn't have a shot on target all game. No other than the goal, they, I, they had not... five shots in the game, and they for all the ball, for all the possession, for all the times Mill fans had been on the edge of their seats praying for the ball not to go in, but didn't have to make a single save all game. Interesting, and, yeah. You know it... that that. That's 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 quality. That's really really good defensive work. Well, well it is quality. Good, interesting stats because my my feeling sitting in the ground today, and you always get itchy and scratchy when you go you concede that early goal second half, and <laughs> you know the Leeds are passing the ball back and forth uh, with their Real Madrid derived players and the rest of it. Um, mm. You you start to fear, but actually that those stats tell a very solid defensive yeah, I mean, story even, in the second half. The, don't um, they? That you know, there was a number of times on the the, the commentary on the I follow where the, I think um, Colbert's just saying that you know they they going Leeds are going to get a goal like they're going to get a goal they're going to get yeah. chance but they didn't they they didn't have any chances they didn't have any you know they pressed and I thought I thought Williams actually was really good when he came on he uh, there was a number of times where he just like won the ball back on the edge of our box when Leeds were like looking like maybe there was you know like not a half chance quite but a ball maybe had gone loose and he was just there just to mop it up clear it away and. We just yeah. didn't. We just. They just didn't create anything, and I think that was. That's not through fault of their own. I thought that was the Millwall players putting in an absolute shift, and then countering attacking well. In the last ten minutes, we spent Campton and half. Yeah, magnificent day. I mean, a magnificent performance. So, who would be your man of the match? I went for Jed Wallace in real time, but I won't argue with anyone. That you um, I've I've been torn between uh, Bradshaw and Romeo, but I think I think genuinely. I'll go for Marlon Romeo. It's probably yeah. the best performance I've seen him put in a middle shirt, defensively yeah. and attacking. It was uh, yeah. it was a really sort of next level performance from him. Good choice. I, 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 I just I, I think you could pick any one of you know four or five players oh, yeah. today, um, and it was a magnificent team performance. Magnificent performance also I felt from the standing coach Adam uh, Barrett. Uh, yeah. What a difficult position to be put into with um, just you know forty eight hours. 
uh, notice, and I, I thought he game managed that very very well today. Yeah, I, th- um, I thought he did. I was I was um I was getting a bit concerned when it was seventy odd minutes and we hadn't made another change, and Bradshaw was looking a bit leggy, and Thompson was looking a bit leggy, but he yeah. put Bodvarsson on, and it just helped us get out of our own half, and it worked really well. And I thought, like you know, you saw his comments after the game about how Harris called him and asked him to take the game and yeah. uh, lead the game, and you know, like it is his stuff, and like seeing Paul Robinson on the touchline there during the game, like. It was a, you can see, like I was saying at the beginning about how it's like a Harris victory. You can see it's it's his, it's his guys, it's his team, that, yeah. uh, you know, the people that he trusts and he works with. And you can see why he trusts them because they, they clearly know what they're doing. What could have been, what could have been, there we are. That's, <laughs> if only. That's, if only, um, there we are, that's, that's football, it's a ruthless business. And unfortunately the wheel turns and, you know, Neil Harris is gone, long live the king and all that kind of stuff. Who, what kind of manager are you looking for here, Ryan? I mean, there's been a lot of debate about whether we go for one of the old sweats that are available, or do we go yes. for someone less well known but maybe more technical that can. Yeah, you know, well, I think it's. I think it's, this. A, I think it's really hard to pick anyone at the moment. Like, obviously, the Cowley brothers gone to Huddersfield. I think uh, Nathan Jones yeah. has yeah. very much had his position solidified at Stoke, and I think they won today. I think they beat yeah. Swansea, who are top of the yeah. league. You know, so first win of the season. I think that's right. You know. Had he been sacked, I'd have been knocking on his door. But um, for me, yeah. I think I would love, I'd love to get Chris Hewton in. Um, not that necessarily, you know, he might not for some people be like the most inspiring manager, and uh, he got a lot of criticism for being quite negative in his style. But I think he was quite negative at, at a Brighton team that were punching above their weight in the Premier League. Yeah. That he kept up for, he's well they're in their third season now because of him. And uh, in the Championship, I think he's a, a very different manager. I think he's probably he's one of the best managers at this level. And it's just completely underrated. I don't know why. And um, like he's a London lad. I think. I think if we. I think it'd be very expensive. And uh, he would. But be a bit. Given, be a given, yeah. Oh, for it. sure. But but I mean, I think at this opportunity, given in the other names I've seen, you know, you've seen Tony Pulis, you've seen Roy Keane, yeah, you've seen Tim Cahill. Given given that with those names that you've got being thrown about, um, Chris Hutton for me, I think is. The obvious, oh, I say the obvious choice would be the best possible choice. And if we if we could manage to get him, I don't think it would be possible. But if we could get him, I, that would be the appointment that would make me very happy. I think. Yeah, I I I, I must admit that it's either Hutton does stand out for me. Um, otherwise, it's uninspiring old lags uh, or, or lunatics. You know. Um, yeah. You know um, the idea of Roy Keane at the Den. Oh, um, you do not want that. Keith Cahill doesn't have the qualifications, even if we could get. No, him. yeah, he's not even. I mean, he's he's so, done. He's been on match of the day for four weeks, and people are calling him for him to be the manager. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe one day, but let's 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 give him a bit of time. I mean, Harris was a coach for a good night. People kind of forget quite quickly that Harris didn't just come straight out of being a player. Like, you no. know, he was he was coach who worked with the development team for a while. Like, because even, I mean, I was thinking um, when I heard the Harris news, and I was kind of thinking about who we'll go for next, and you know. Say you get someone who's decent. Say we got Chris Hewitt and say we got someone who did a good job. We could wait till their contract is up. And, you know, you've got Paul Robinson's come back to the club for a reason. Yeah. Maybe he's on the same sort of path as Harris. Yeah. You know, he's taken over the, the um, managing development squad or coaching the development squad, which is what deep, Harris did. Deep understanding of the club, Ryan, as well. Exactly. You know, someone the fans would love to see back, like having him on the touchline today for me, you mm-hmm. know. It was great to see. So maybe, like, maybe you know, we've got people around that maybe yeah. are trying to replicate sort of Harris' path. So I think you, I think in football these days, especially, you've got to be looking 
not the next manager, but the manager after that as well, like where you want to be taking a football club. So as important as this next decision is, that Mill have historically not been great at. No. Um, you've got to think of, okay, so who do we want in now? And who do we want in after him? And where do we want to be in five years? Do we want to be a solid championship team? Do we want to be trying to push for the Premier League? Where, like, where do we want to be, you know? And I think Berylson and the board have a, have a really big decision ahead of them. Planning and vision. We've got a loads of that at Millwall. We've always been known for our, our, our vision. Oh yeah, foresight is uh, I think is <laughs> one of our one of our uh, strengths. One of our attributes. Uh, that's know. fantastic. Well, I'm going to let you go and have your dinner, mate. Big thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks on the show. very much. A very short no worries, notice. Nick. Lovely to speak to you. Really appreciate it, and I'll catch up soon, mate. All the best to you. Yes, no worries. You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall news this week, and we are out of here. Achtung, Mehlball. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.